when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This podcast contains explicit language. So that happened. This week, Donald Trump fired James Comey. And that's been the implacable news event of this week, so much so that we are just going to surrender to it entirely. This single decision, it's the apotheosis of Trump. It's got everything. A stumbled over decision that landed with a kersplat on the news cycle, constantly shifting rationales that change by the hour, massive leaks from the White House, the usual concern over his temperament, and the unalterable impression that the White House is either strategically but ineptly engineering a cover-up or it's too impulsive to govern in a sane way, or both, who knows? We even have White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer hiding among the bushes on the White House grounds. It's well and truly bonkers. So we'll try to piece through the most troubling aspects of this decision, beginning with the implausible reason we've been told guided it in the first place. Former Department of Justice spokesman Matt Miller joins our own Sam Stein to offer an insider perspective on the matter, and we'll deal with the aftermath in which a Senate Intelligence Committee hearing that was supposed to be a regular discussion on global threats became consumed with this week's Comey Alago instead. I'm Jason Lincolns with HuffPost reporters Zach Carter, Arthur Delaney, Ryan Riley, Jessica Schulberg, and Sam Stein. And here's what happened first. And hello, everyone out there in podcast land. Welcome back to another edition of So That Happened, your daily dive into our Das Kropital world. Um, my name is Jason Lincolns. I'm the editor of Eat the Press at HuffPost. Today, we're going to talk about really just one thing, the sudden cashiering of James Comey by the coward Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 joining us, <laughs> joining us to talk about this <laughs> is Arthur Delaney. Hi, and uh, Zach Carter. I mean Jesse James, right? Yeah, Jesse James <laughs> shot in the back. You know, I I have to say just from the outset that do you guys remember in the in the in the times past that the elders spoke of where presidents didn't necessarily make news on an hourly basis and actually actually avoided crazy stunts in it if 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 this was to happen if this was going to happen in the in the in the tenure of a rational president there would have been a process by which this sort of like softly launched there'd be some well-timed leaks from fbi sources uh that would set the case set the stage for this um probably the president would simply uh ask for a resignation 
uh, it would be done with as much quietude and dignity as possible. The top White House press officer would not literally be hiding in the bushes from reporters. Among the bushes, questions. I have to yeah. stick up for Nick Bauman, our uh, grammar pedant. He was among the bushes, not in the bushes. Mm. Nick should do a video explainer on that topic, but uh, so far he's refused. Among the bushes. Among the bushes. But yes, a new it's, novel. It was once again another claptrap clown show bit of nonsense. Uh, Comey wasn't even in Washington when he got the news that he was fired. He was in Los Angeles. He learned about it on television, which is something I think everyone's still getting used to in the Trump administration. And like Trump seems sent, appropriate though, thematically. And and nevertheless Trump sent this 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 goon who's his who's his uh, personal security head, his personal bodyguard who now has some fancy ass White House title to the White House with a letter. I think Goon is the title actually. Yeah, Goon. He's a White House Fancy Goon. goon. Yeah, Fancy Pants Goon. Guys, uh this is kind of messed up, right? Well, why is it messed up? Because of the stated rationale for the firing of James Comey. Okay, that's not, one way it's messed up. Is not remotely plausible. Because the stated rationale is that James Comey did a bad job being too mean to Hillary Clinton. Not only did Trump love what James Comey did to Hillary Clinton in late October when he said, you know, we're looking at some more emails, and it essentially tanked her campaign and gave Trump the White House. He publicly spoke about it. He publicly praised James Comey. Yes. And his handling of this email stuff. Yes. I believe he said that it gave him the credibility he lacked back. Uh, I, I don't remember the exact quote. We have it, though, don't we? Yes. Well, fire away. It took guts for Director Comey to make the move that he made in light of the kind of opposition he had where they're trying to protect her from criminal prosecution. You know that. Okay, so that was Trump saying this was good what Comey did, and now... It was gutty. It was gutsy. This is precisely the reason that James Comey ostensibly... Has been fired, and and you know, the, the reason that just for everybody who's been living under a rock for the last week, the reason people are very worried about this firing is that James Comey had recently asked for more resources to investigate the Trump campaign's ties to the Russian government uh, and meddling in the U.S. electoral pro- process by the Russian government. Um, so it looks very Nixonian. It looks like right. Trump has fired someone who is investigating him, uh, although it may just be that he is an idiot. So. Just to be clear, uh, this is put down on paper in the memo that purports to be the justification for Comey's firing by uh, the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. It says, the director ignored another longstanding principle. We do not hold press conferences to release derogatory information about the subject of a declined criminal investigation. Right. That's actually what is the rationale for this. And let's, let's be very clear. There are a lot of perfectly credible national security, you know, prosecutorial discretion type, you know, law enforcement people who think that Comey really screwed this up. You just wanted to say law enforcement experts there. Yeah, whatever. Nerds with guns uh, who think that that Comey really screwed this up, and sure. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with them. I think I think it was it was handled quite badly and inappropriately. Uh, it can still be the case that Trump firing a guy who's leading an investigation into his ties for Russia right. with Russia is still I, creepy. I mean, and not bad. only did Trump like what Comey did after he did it, and you know, continued to like it right up until like the week before this happened, he said he wanted to put Hillary Clinton in prison. 
Right. Like that was the whole idea. You were glad the FBI was going after Hillary Clinton. How can the Trump administration now ask people to believe that you are so upset about how he did this that you have fired him? Well, when you ask it that, is literally you, unbelievable. When you ask the how question, you're I mean, that's totally from our perspective as like being in the media and attempting to be arbiters of this stuff. I mean, the how is that Donald Trump just does this stuff. He just he just flips and twists and inverts the truth wherever he sees fit. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's kind of an audacious thing for him to put out that the reason Comey had to go was the way he mistreated Hillary Clinton during the investigation after egging on and rooting for that mistreatment while he was campaigning against her. But, I mean, when you think about his audacious moves – yeah, it's probably not even top five when it, you think about it. That's I mean, he's a birther who says vaccines cause autism. Right. Yeah. I mean, you must always remember. But he it, was a birther. Remember that? It, it appears to be. Remember how he solved birtherism? The, he ended the birther thing? The entire reason for for using this as the rationale for firing James Comey is that it allows them to point out, hey, you Democrats didn't like how James Comey treated sure. Hillary Clinton then. So how can you now defend James Comey? It's Even a, though that is not relevant to – that's not why Democrats are, are upset about this. That's good fodder for any Democrat who's going to go on a Sunday morning television show or go on Tucker Carlson and have to come up with a nice tacit answer for that. But it doesn't preclude the possibility that there is a good answer. Democrats' position on James Comey is irrelevant to why the Trump – the president fired the director of the FBI. Yeah. Correct. Like you Correct. can't – it just it, doesn't make sense. It is it is the case that, J- that James Comey did things that no other FBI director had done publicly in the middle of an election. That things that things that law enforcement ex- experts as, you know, stringently avoid doing, go out of their way not to do because they don't want to tip an election. Right, um, and got all sorts of criticism for it. That was mishandled, I think, um, and that is not relevant to whether or not it is bad for the subject of an investigation to be able to fire the person who is leading that so investigation. So it, it's obvious that he fired him because Comey was also investigating. Can we also point well, out that— Well, here's the thing. I don't think it's obvious. I think that's one plausible explanation. Another maybe obvious pl- to us, but it's Another not. plausible explanation is that Trump is just very impulsive and does things that are not, not rational or well thought out, and he just decided— to fire him because he was getting annoyed with him, not because there's some like giant smoking gun somewhere with Trump and Russia. He's just erratic and okay, weird. Okay, yeah. So one one plausible explanation that everyone immediately thought of was that well, Comey's investigating this Russia stuff, so Trump got rid of him to put a stop to that. One couldn't not immediately think of that, but Zach's right, and it begs the question. Oh God, I sorry I said that. It raises the question <laughs> as to whether it's worse if Donald Trump's trying to cover up an investigation into Donald Trump or if he's just an erratic goon bag who takes his cues from cable news outrages and responds erratically and, and incompetently. Both well, are plausible and both are bad. Well, it, it, it just so happens that there has been a torrent of leaks uh, in which White House insiders are saying, yes, Trump was pissed about Comey's Russia investigation. So the question becomes whether he was – Upset about that because he legitimately feared he or his associates would be indicted yeah. or because he just didn't like it because it was annoying. Exactly. Well, even- that's not an important <laughs> distinction, guys. I mean, well, even- either way, it, 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 it begs the question of whether that's obstruction of justice. Even still, it th- there's still that fine difference there because Donald Trump – I want to just stress this. Let me just stress this from the outset. Like 
I'm not going to sit here and try to credibly tell you that there's something to this Russian investigation. I wanted to be perfectly clear that when if an investigation is actually carried out, we could end up with the result that nothing untoward happened. Nothing untoward happened. That is one possibility. And anyone who says that there's a definite chance that treason was committed probably doesn't know what they're talking about, should be more judicious in the way they talk about this. That said, Donald Trump is acting, whether inadvertently or not, as a man who has an idea of what the final chapter of that story is. And it it always raises these suspicions. But at the same time, Donald Trump is a guy who is obsessed with his own publicity, obsessed with any kind of lack of adulation. And it's very possible that his decision was governed solely by the fact he kept hearing about this on TV and he got mad. Right. So if firing a guy for that reason uh or you know or because there was like a serious fear of criminal prosecution for you or your loved ones either way right. horrible thing to do a rational person just... would understand what people call the optics which and, is, and then right. would not go yes. and meet with the Russian ambassador oh, that was the so day weird. after you did this right. and have a bunch of photos of you smiling with the Russian ambassador. And photos that were taken by Russian state media companies the in the in the Oval Office. It's just which insane. Which is something that I know at least one former uh, CIA director has called a bad idea. Right, because they would put a spy machine inside the camera. Because it's just... It's done. just a bad idea. So the White House actually – White House officials actually on Thursday went out and complained in newspapers that the Russians tricked us. That's <laughs> what they actually said. They literally used the word tricked because – It's the, not a trick. The they, foreign asked, mi- they asked for, for – No, no, the, no. The foreign minister said this is, this is only our official state photographer and then it later turned out that the person also worked for a Russian news agency that put all the pictures on Flickr immediately. And so <laughs> instead of – you know, if I were the Trump administration, I wanted to save face, I'd say, yeah, that was a state photographer. But no, they have complained that they were tricked, creating an incredible appearance of stupidity. That, it, that blows uh, my mind as much I as anything. Really, Let, let's I say really appearance object, here I think is very generous. I really object <laughs> to the idea word. of it I'm being a generous a, myth. Of it being a trick because that's a sliding scale for tricks. I mean, that's it's not a clever trick. That's like Lucy pulling the football away. Only an idiot would keep coming at that. Well, they all, I mean, they're also pointing out. Well, don't worry; these guys went through the metal detectors. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> that, that's weird. It's man. so weird. And then the photos show uh, the president literally hugging, laughing, and back slapping <laughs> with the Russian foreign minister and the Russian <laughs> ambassador. Dude. The Russians are thrilled. Yeah, thrilled. I mean, I'm credit to but the Russians. I, I honestly don't understand. What the underlying Trump Russia scandal is supposed to be, I I don't give much credence to the idea that there definitely is one. I think there the the Trump administration's behavior, uh, like you were saying, it, they appear to be trying to cover it up, and the cover up itself seems worse than the crime, whatever it's right. supposed to be. And it's especially dumb if it turns out there's no crime there, but they're acting as if like, oh, we better fix this. The um, I want to point do, out... Let's do be clear. There could be a very bad crime at the yes, center of it. Sure, we do not sure. know. We do not know. I'm just sensitive you to want, people saying right. that I'm like a McCarthyist. I want yes, to believe... Because I'm freaking out about Russia irrationally. I, I just don't know. I want to believe that all the resources that have been marshaled to figure this out, and they've been pretty fast, and they involve a lot of uh, intelligence community agencies... Are have been marshaled in the cause of something that 
makes sense to somebody or is sensible. Now, again, this is America, so sliding scale on that prospect as well. But for the time being, I want to believe that this the people who are in this are in this for the right reason, and they're in it for the re- for an objective reason. That just like it needs to be cleared up, we need to be able to put this to bed and move on. Um, let's point out that uh, Ron Rosenstein, Rod. Rod Rosenstein. Sorry to all Ron Rosensteins. Um, Rod Rosenstein, he is the... Deputy Attorney General. Not acting, but Deputy Attorney General. DAG, as in Dag Nabbit. Right, okay, so he he has some... He's some kind of like a two-decade career, two or th- two-and-a-half-decade career yeah, yeah. Uh, in that position. He's worked under many, many different presidents. He's widely respected uh, and w- would presumably make a fine, you know, uh, acting uh, director, but... Um, We've come to find out that – first of all, let me point out that in the letter, in, in Rosenstein's letter, it never explicitly calls for Comey to be fired. No, it, it lays out here are the things that Comey he did, did that weren't bad. It's clear that this was like a, an after-the-fact justification yeah. on paper. Trump just wanted to fire Comey. Yeah, and some of the language in that letter I feel looks as if it had been sort of like strenuously negotiated over. But uh, it, we kind of find out that Rosenstein – a day after being presented as sort of the front man for justifying Comey's firing is hella pissed off about this. I mean, according to some reporting. Yeah, the Washington Post has reported that uh, that he's he's not happy about being, being sort of presented as the person who came up with this idea to get rid of Comey, which he was not. He was asked to write a memo because they were firing Comey. I mean, the Trump administration has also said there was like a groundswell of opposition to Comey within the FBI, which – the uh, you know acting director uh, testified on the Hill on Thursday. You know, no, no, we liked Comey. Right? Yeah. There's. I think the New York Times reported that that internally, rank and file FBI agents are really angered and they're ready to go to war over this. Um, this what, is crazy. This is crazy. I mean, today, the beginning of this week, we were going to be talking about like the repeal of methane regulations. We, were, you know, and the fallout, the holdover from a, from the from uh, the American Health Care Act. Right. We were we were talking about all the the ways that the Trump administration and Republican Congress were trying to deregulate the economy and health care to make things bad. And instead, we were talking about this insane firing of Jim Comey. It took over the entire week. It's just it totally unnecessary and weird. That's right. It's and just weird. I, I want to also talk about the letter that Trump sent, that one paragraph in which he said uh, that on three separate occasions, Comey said he wasn't under investigation. Isn't it, wouldn't it have been illegal for James Coney to actually tell Donald Trump something about an ongoing investigation? Honestly, it I, it seems like there's a lot of stuff that is potentially illegal. I, we, you know, we're going to have an expert on this show to help us parse some of yeah. that. Uh, yeah. there's, it's a mess. And it, it People are talking about obstruction of justice. I don't know what other possible procedural crimes could be involved, but it's it's as bad as it looks. Yeah. And Mitch McConnell, profile and courage, moral leader of our times, has basically been saying, "No, no, no, it's fine. We're not uh, going to. We don't want Republicans in Congress to do fine. anything Paul about Ryan this." Paul Ryan as well. Paul Ryan as well. For all the attention that's been paid to Republicans expressing concerns about what's happening here, I mean, we talked about Richard Burr, Justin Amash, Representative Justin Amash from uh, from uh, from Michigan. They've all voiced concerns. I think John McCain has voiced concerns. The real story is that Republicans are kind of. Uh, Standing by their man for the for the time being, like they always have, because they know that what's at stake are their shinies, their tax reform package, and their big giveaways to wealthy people. Anyway, we have 
much more to say about this topic. It's insane, but we're going to talk about James Comey this entire show. If you don't like that, join us next week where we'll be talking about some other nonsense that took over the news hole. But uh, we have uh, Sam Stein uh, is going to be joining us very soon. He's going to be talking with an expert on this matter, uh, and we hope you listen. Uh, and uh, we'll be back at the end to talk with our colleague Jessica Schulberg. Um, so please stick around. It's a good show. We'll be right back. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. Fans of this podcast may be familiar with the D.C. Bureau's other podcast, Candidate Confessional. If you're not familiar with it, go check it out in the iTunes store. This series is a raw and revelatory look at the politicians whose ambitions didn't quite work out the way they expected. The second season of Candidate Confessional is set to drop very soon. To give everyone a taste of what's to come, we're going to pass the mic right now to that show's host, Sam Stein, as he and our reporter friend, Ryan Riley, interview former Department of Justice spokesperson Matt Miller. Hey, welcome back uh, from the break, everyone. This is Sam Stein. I know not your normal host. I'm the senior politics editor. I'm also the host of Candidate Confessional, and uh, for this episode of So That Happened, though, I'm here with, well, well, why don't you guys just introduce yourselves? I am Matthew Miller, the former <laughs> chief spokesman for the Department of Justice. I was going to say, make sure you put the title that is interesting to our listeners and not the current title. Right. Okay. And who are you? I'm uh, Ryan Riley, a reporter with Huffington Post. All right. So I want to start back in October. There's 11 days to go until the election, and Comey makes this unexpected announcement Basically, he's discovered or his agency has discovered a bunch of new emails. They're on the computer of Anthony Weiner. We don't know they're on the computer at the time he makes the announcement, but they're on Anthony Weiner's computer. And Anthony Weiner is the estranged husband of Clinton's top aide, Huma Abedin. All we know is that they found new emails, not how many emails there are, what's in them, whatever. It's a very cryptic announcement. And this is unprecedented, right? Yeah, it's it's not. First of all, the FBI doesn't hold press conferences on criminal cases without prosecutors authorizing them. That's that's the first thing. It's not their job. Yeah. It's not appropriate. They're not supposed to do it. But then even if even if, you know, so let's say you accept all of Comey's rationale of why he had to do this. People didn't trust the process. The Red Lynch had compromised herself. 
if he had come out and said, um, so we've con- we've concluded this investigation. Um, there was a long look at it. We interviewed this many people. We looked at this many documents. And it was the unanimous recommendation of everyone on my team that we don't bring charges. And I've transmitted that recommendation to the Department of Justice. That would have been somewhat inappropriate. But it would have been at least not violating a whole bunch of other DOJ rules, which is what he then did sure. by saying – Secretary Clinton's behavior was careless. Um, He then said this weird thing about how she received a number of emails that were marked classified, which put the campaign in a real tailspin because they had been saying she never received anything marked classified. They had no idea how to defend that. It didn't come out until he testified that it was three emails. It was three emails, and he says at the hearing classifications were odd. Well, he said at the hearing they weren't properly marked, so there was no way to expect that Secretary Clinton would have known. I mean, it was just a remarkable scene. It's over and. Comey having tried to sort of thread this needle ends up disappointing basically everybody, right? Republicans are upset uh, because he has not uh, said he wants to press charges or recommended pressing charges. Democrats are livid because he has maligned Clinton without allowing her the chance to defend herself and violated basically every protocol in the book. And then he kind of just sort of, what, disappears. I mean, I I remember not hearing about it for a while. I mean, he goes out. Oh, sorry. That's not true. He has to go on Capitol Hill and then defend himself. Um and that's, as you said, where it sort of starts to fall apart a bit. Yeah. On Capitol Hill, he then kind of undermines some of the things he said uh, at his press conference, especially this thing about classified um, uh, emails. And after it's weird. So after the press conference, um, Democrats were really pretty quiet. They weren't sure what to say. They were happy she wasn't indicted, but you know, obviously mad about the press conference. But then after the hearing, where he really pushed back forcefully against the idea that she should have been charged – Democrats just kind of thought, well, we'll drop our criticism of Comey because, you know what, we, he's, he's now rebutted. He, in a way, he had rebutted everything <laughs> he'd said a couple of days earlier. Oh, but see, it's different for me. I remember the people in the Clinton campaign were livid. I mean, well, just the livid. campaign, but yeah. people on the Hill dropped it. Okay. And then he disappears. Sorry. That's, and, and then it suddenly – I mean, I remember for a while, like, it, it does make its way into certain ads. It becomes a huge talking point. Trump's, uh, you know, ra- railing Comey for not going further, for saying she acted irresponsible but not bring criminal charges. And then famously, October 28th, uh, we get a letter uh, to the Hill, to Jason Chaffetz. Um, What is the (laughs) protocol here that he should have followed that he didn't? Well, so if he was going to start reviewing the emails right away, start reviewing the emails right away, you don't tell Congress for two reasons. One, because because when you start investigating someone, there's no Hillary Clinton exception. You you keep quiet and you investigate them quietly. You don't send letters to the Hill telling them you sure. know we're going to invest we're going to open this new investigation. But the other thing is there was no reason for them to even start reviewing the emails right then. So th- one of the things about this rule that you don't do anything that could impact election, it's often interpreted as you won't even take investigative steps close to an election. If you don't have to now, now, if there's some reason you have to, either a witness is going to flee or documents are going to be destroyed, then you do what you have to. The investigation yeah. comes first. They had all the emails in their possession. There was no way these emails could be destroyed. They could have sat on that laptop, started looking at it after the, the election, and it wouldn't have hurt the investigation at all. But even if they did need to start, they certainly didn't need to send that letter. And the reason he did it, I mean, he uh, his concealer disclosing is, is BS. It's because he thought it was going to leak. He thought the agents in the New York field office were going to leak it. And then he was going to get called on the carpet for it and look like he was you know, hiding it. 
But he could have at that point said it's protocol for me not to do this. Yeah, well, that's right. And and I've had this argument with a number of people at DOJ, um, uh, a lot of people, <laughs> ang- angry arguments. So what if it leaks? Stuff leaks from from DOJ all the time. It's not great, but you manage it. You you you. Well, yeah, we've got something new. We don't know what it is. We're going to look at it. Um, it's the the magnitude of the coverage of a leak compared to. The FBI director sending a formal letter. It, what what not struck the same scale. me, what, what, maybe you guys can weigh in, but what struck me about the letter was the brevity of it. And, and I, well, the reason it was struck by it was he had been criticized for going on and on at the July press conference and for talking too much. And I think he internalized that criticism in a way that forced him or compelled him, I should say, to write a three sentence letter that told us nothing. Um, and in fact, uh, it could have been and maybe should have been the inverse, where if you're going to write a letter as opposed to give a camera statement, uh, it was his obligation to at least explain the context uh, of the investigation. One, we don't have a warrant yet. Two, we don't want to know how many emails are there. We don't even know if the emails are pertinent yet. Uh, but we found them and we thought that maybe you should know this. Um, and had he been more forthcoming in the letter, perhaps history would have been a bit different. I guess that's right. It's hard. It's hard for me to wrap my head. Or it's hard for me to get past the per- first part of your sentence, which is if you're going to send the letter. I mean, you would never disclose any of those things that you just mentioned in a letter, um, which is why you don't, you don't open the box. <laughs> you don't, yeah, you don't send it in the first place because once you send it, like, well, sure. to be fair to her, we have to say all this other stuff. Well, yeah. just shut up. Yes, and then what? Like a week later, he sends another letter. Sunday uh, night, wasn't it? Sunday? Yeah. Oh my god, I Sunday remember that night. Yeah. We're fried as yeah. hell. Uh, <laughs> Somehow they managed to look through all these emails. Um, they did it. Um, they ended up finding something. Well, like, a lot of them were duplicates. Was one almost, thing. A ton of them were yeah. duplicates. There, a lot of them had just been auto backups from whom was uh, BlackBerry. I think he revealed this past week that maybe twelve had classified information. Ten of which were they had already previously seen, and two of which were like sort of minor classified stuff. And they were from the initial three months, as he said. So if we were going to show intent, it would have been in those initial three months, as if she would have written an email in the <laughs> yeah. initial three months. Says, you know what? I'm going to have this private email server so I can mishandle classified information. <laughs> no. Come on. And, and then, so we, now we're talking like three days before the election. Sunday night, he informs Congress. Uh, they've concluded. They've gone through everything. They've concluded nothing. Uh, would uh, make them change their initial uh, conclusion that she had not acted with intent and therefore they're not going to bring charges. And the Clinton people are actually uh, as pissed at the second letter as they are the first. Yeah, because it came so close to the election and it just sort of feeds into this media coverage and this cloud sort of surrounding her then where it's like if you're just – if you're an average voter – you're maybe just seeing this coverage and saying, well, something's up here. There's so much smoke. There must be – there must be fire. fire. Yeah. So – Suddenly, Comey, though, has restored his reputation with Donald Trump, who is now out there praising him, <laughs> saying, what a guy. I always knew he'd come through. Real integrity. <laughs> um, and Trump, of course, wins. And the question is, will he keep Comey on? Uh, at what point do we know uh, – at what point do we discover that the FBI is investigating uh, Trump's ties to Russia? It was – it, there were some reports before the election, but there were also – there were a lot of things that for people that – Watch the FBI and the Justice Department closely. You could tell yeah. you could you could connect the strings before the election and tell they were, but they didn't confirm it. Sure. It wasn't actually really nailed down. I think until like December, shortly okay. after the election, because he had there was a there was a seventeen agency letter, uh, sort of saying point blank, Russia's interfering with 
has interfered with the elections. They're meddling in our democracy. This happened in October. The FBI is uh, conspicuously absent from signing on to that letter. It's later uh, revealed, or uh, I should say Harry Reid accuses, or numerous people accuse Comey of uh, sort of deliberately downplaying his knowledge of this investigation into Russia uh, prior to the election. So now we have this issue of double standards. Did he have a double standard for Clinton where he was willing to talk about the stuff uh, versus Trump where he wasn't? And what's their rationale for why – what is his statement to s- explain why he wasn't willing to talk about the Trump stuff? Um. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't talk about investigations? Because they don't talk about – Europe. because he followed policy in that instance where there wasn't this I – guess, I guess if you want to go with the most – sort of favorable view of it uh, for Comey, it would be that, you know, there was a previous disclosure um, and a lot of this would have basically, deal, you know, date back to the issue of uh, Loretta Lynch and the, and the tarmac because that's what created that initial conflict of interest and, you know, he felt he couldn't keep her. That was the, the butterfly flapping its wings event and everything stems from there. Yeah, ripple and once the he pond, had to weigh in, yeah, to go with. once he had to weigh in, then he had to stay in and Correct. with Trump, he never actually had to acknowledge it so he wasn't now going to. Because there wasn't a conflict there because, I mean, you know, there wouldn't be you wouldn't think the Obama Justice Department would really be holding back on investigating okay. Donald Trump. All right. So eventually, though, he does admit that Russia, Russia's med- that they are investigating Russia's meddling election and potentially uh, ties to the Trump campaign. Um, and Trump keeps him on. Trump keeps him on. Um, I think it's viewed as uh, keep your enemies close potentially moment, um, but also that it would be uh, highly controversial if he dismissed Comey with this thing hovering over his head. There was an awkward sort of man hug kiss in the Oval Office <laughs> and yeah. Or was that, in the White that House. seemed abnormal too to have Comey involved in that moment. Completely bizarre. Yes. Complete, it's, I, I'm trying to imagine Barack Obama kissing Bob Mueller. It just, does, <laughs> it just doesn't work. I, it doesn't work. Um, so what's happening? I, I, we're going to try to uh, wrap this up quickly. I, I didn't realize we were taking this long, but can you walk us through what it's been like from that moment to this past week in terms of the FBI's handling of this investigation? So there's a lot that we don't know. We know they're investigating. We don't know everything they look at. They're looking at. There are all these leaks coming out since they fired, since Trump fired Comey. And I think we're going to see a lot more leaks because I think a lot of people at the FBI are pissed off. But they're conducting this investigation, and then the big moment was March 20th when Comey comes up to the Hill and publicly confirms that they're looking at. And and my guess is that's that is the that's the event that eventually leads him to be fired. All right. So Comey's gone. Um, we don't know who the replacement is going to be. Um, there's some ideas. I'm not going to go into that. But um, Based wh- on the testimony we heard today where we had essentially the acting FBI director directly contradicting the White House In what on sense? the idea that uh, FBI – the White House contended uh, that – the FBI rank and file don't support didn't support James Comey that he lost their confidence. The new acting director said, "Nope, not true at all." So, They're all very upset. They supported the guy. He had their confidence. Yeah. So he'll be gone soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hold that much hope for him. Uh, and maybe he could be a podcast guest. Um, but in the end, okay. So now his tenure was what, like three, three and a half years? It was almost four years. Almost and four, four, years? four years coming September. Yeah. I mean, that's not the longest tenure. You get ten-year terms. Um, Six years left. And I, I just I, I mean obviously it's going to change, but like if you had to guess, you know, when we look back at this, um, I mean it's a complicated history, and I don't know how you think he'll be perceived. I mean I think this is definitely the opening to his obituary. I mean this is the impact that he had on the election is is going to be one for the history books. I think he'll forever be defined as the man who th- potentially threw the election 
that that will be you know right now that's probably the lead of his obituary but it could change if this investigation goes somewhere if this investigation ends up bringing down the president the lead of his obituary will be the man leading the investigation that brought down Donald Trump was fired well but he was and now he's and was fired because of it do you suspect um to close the loop here um that we'll have another Chuck Schumer Preet Bharara moment where <laughs> someone invites one retired FBI director to the Hill to go through some dramatic moments where I, I have that happened. I, I thought we would have a moment like that even before Comey was fired. One thing about him is he always finds a way to assert his independence and – you know, he's a little bit of a drama queen. Um, <laughs> and he's, he d- d- has done that in both of the administrations he worked for. I think he would have done it here. And now I think almost certainly we'll see him in front of the Hill talking about those conversations with the president and maybe a lot and do more. You think, do you think he does that because um, he's worried about his reputation he, or he genuinely feels like he needs to get to the bottom of this or both? Um he has a little bit of a God complex. Um, he Look, I think he really is a, a genuine man of integrity, but he also is really wrapped up in this idea that he's a genuine man of integrity, and that leads him to sometimes make mistakes. Um, I don't think he will want um, – he won't want to be remembered just for being fired. He's going to want to tell his side of the story for, at some or point. Or for the election. Or, or for the election. He's going to want to tell some side of the story and present himself. He's going he's to want the narrative to eventually be, I was fired for standing up to the president. And he'll find a way to make sure that story gets out. All right. Thank you, guys. That was a, I, I, a lot to chew on. I really appreciate it. Hello, So That Happened listeners. I want to just take a moment to ask you to do a few small favors. First, if you like the show and want to help more people find it, go over to iTunes and just leave us a review. Every review we get bumps the show a little bit higher in the podcast charts. It does make a difference, and it's going to help us build this community. Second, are there issues you'd like us to address? People you think we should talk to. You should drop us an email at so that happened at HuffingtonPost.com. We really do appreciate your suggestions, and we often follow up on stories, and we just like hearing feedback and criticism. So we'd love to hear from you specifically, because you're the people that matter the most to us. Now, back to the show. And we're back, and we're still talking about James Comey. Uh, but right now we're going to shift gears a little bit and get a little bit more current. Thursday there was a hearing about all of this. This this clown car train wreck, whatever you want to call it, has got a uh, hearing. And here to catch up on everything going on Capitol Hill over this, we have Jessica Schulberg. Hello. And uh, Arthur Delaney is sitting here. Hi. With us. So – Talk to us about uh, talk to us about uh, Thursday's hearing. Well, just to clarify, this hearing was not supposed to be about the clown show that is Comey's firing or even the Russia investigation. This is the Senate Intelligence Committee's annual global threats hearing, where they have the heads of all the intelligence, several of the intelligence agencies, come and basically scare the crap out of lawmakers and tell them about all the bad things that are happening in the world. I want to put a, I want to underscore this aspect of it too, because one of the things that I think a lot of people don't appreciate about what happens to the world when Donald Trump does stuff like this is that everyone, their well-laid plans, the activity they were supposed to do that day, whatever important item was on the agenda suddenly gets shifted around 
and suddenly we're not talking about the important matter that everyone had planned to talk about. This is a really good example of this. And I understand that, you know, across agencies, uh, when when Donald Trump filed, fired Comey, it it touched off a, a complete rejiggering of priorities. Stuff got backburnered. And it's a huge chaotic mess. This happens all the time. And this, this hearing is a good public example of that because we see it play out. Um, the, the committee chairman, Richard Burr, said right off the bat, we are not going to spend this whole hearing talking about the Russia investigation or about Comey being fired. Um, Burr's first question was to the acting FBI director who got this uh, noble honor two days ago um, and was summoned to appear in place of Comey at this hearing. The, the first question of the hearing was directed at him, and he said, you know, in Trump's letter to Comey, he said, thank you so much for assuring me three times that I am not under FBI investigation. Um, Burr asked McCabe, the acting head of the FBI, it's David McCabe, da- right? Andrew McCabe, Andrew McCabe. Um, if that was true. And McCabe said, I, I, I can't talk to you about that. I can't talk to you about conversations that, that they had. Um, eventually, McCabe conceded in a kind of a more roundabout way that it would not be the FBI's practice to tell somebody that they are not under FBI investigation. Right. Um, but we, we, we did have several lawmakers who, you know, they, they try to stay on the subject of North Korea. Senator Feinstein is very worried that people don't understand that this is actually an existential threat for the U.S. Um, several lawmakers said, you know, if this was two weeks ago, we'd be we'd be talking about North Korea the whole time. We'd be talking about Iran. We'd be talking about Hezbollah and Syria. And here we are talking about the, the politics of why Comey was fired. Now, one of the justifications from the White House was that the rank and file of the FBI were just totally upset and in disarray over James Comey and, and his, his handling of the, the Hillary. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just still there and they're agonizing over it because he mistreated Hillary Clinton and did that weird press conference right. back in October. Um, so that was one of the only times that McCabe was really forceful in his responses. He was evading questions right and left. He looked so uncomfortable being there. He he dodged everything, kept his answers concise. But on this question, is it true that Comey had lost the confidence of rank-and-file FBI employees? It was an unequivocal no, that's false. Um, went on to concede that, you know, there's thousands of employees, there's a vast array of opinions, but overall Comey's very well-liked, very respected. Uh, he said working with Comey has been the greatest privilege of his professional life. I mean, he really, really shut down this narrative coming from the White House. So this was one of several narratives coming from the White House. <laughs> it almost seemed as though the White House didn't think this through. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, well, Surely not, Arthur. Jessica, what did it seem like to you since you were helping with our breaking coverage of this? Right. So I was on my bicycle biking to a goodbye party for our boss at like the, the, first person the esteemed Tunein. Just got into the top of that big hill, Capitol Hill. Got a, a phone call telling me to bike back down that hill because James Comey was fired. Um, so I'm pretty frazzled, and I'm reading this letter from Rosenstein, Rod Rosenstein, the uh, deputy attorney general, um, which has been held up as the reason why Trump decided to fire Comey. And Rosenstein, in this three-page letter, makes a very compelling argument that Comey was out of line when he held this July 5th press conference and publicly criticized Hillary. And then when he notified lawmakers about the existence of new emails um, 10 days before the election and may have tipped the election in favor of Trump. And I'm reading all this and I'm just baffled. Like, we're supposed to believe that Donald Trump 
fired the FBI director because he was too mean to Hillary. Like, that's such an absurd proposition on its face. And then what's even more bizarre is if you're going to make this incredible claim that's just so hard for even the most casual consumer of news to believe, you'd think you'd have a really, really good rollout. You'd think you'd have all of your your aides, all of your press communications advisors on the same page. And that's just not what happened. You had Kellyanne Conway going on TV either late that night or early in the morning telling Anderson Cooper, um, you know, Donald Trump is... This had nothing to do with what Comey did during the campaign. This has everything to do with what Comey did since he, since Donald Trump was in the office. What? Well, the Hillary investigation was over before Trump got in the office, so that's a complete contradiction. You have Spicer giving one timeline of events, saying that the first time Trump was even aware of um, FBI and DOJ concerns about Comey was on Tuesday when they got this letter. It says Trump saw the letter. Realized people were upset, said, okay, I listened to my employees, I'll fire Comey. And then you have the deputy, the person one under Spicer, Sarah Huckabee Saunders, telling this whole White House briefing that Trump met with Rosenstein and Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who we'll get to later, on Monday. And they had this oral conversation to which Trump says, okay, why don't you go put those concerns in writing? Which sort of sounds like a wink, wink. Can you please give me this written pretext for firing Comey? Uh, we also, before we move on, should talk about the Bushes, right? We did not talk about the Bushes. That's a good point. So apparently Sean Spicer, who is in charge of making sure that whatever Trump does gets covered well, positively in the news, apparently Sean Spicer did not know about this very controversial decision until just before it happened. He's coming back from, I think, a TV hit on Fox News, so he has to go back into the White House. Where so he's, he's, they have TVs like on the lawn, TVs and then he's everywhere. on his way back mm-hmm. in. He's on the White House grounds. He has to pass the reporters, who obviously have a lot of questions for him. And there's this wonderful Washington Post report by Jenna Johnson. Jenna Johnson that everybody should read, where she describes in this hilarious detail of him kind of hiding in the bushes from reporters and then when he finally agrees, okay, I'll talk to you guys because it's his job, he they're all in the dark. They're all outside. It's night. He made them turn the lights he and cameras off. He made them turn the lights and cameras off so they couldn't actually film what he was saying. That was on Tuesday night. Wednesday night, last night, the Washington Post issues a correction to the bottom of their story saying, we apologize. Sean Spicer was not in the bushes. He was among the bushes. Well, I have that here. Uh, I'll read it just so we, our listeners can hear exactly what it was that Sean Spicer spent like 24 hours fighting. Of a crazy news day. Yeah. Uh, yes. Editor's note. This story has been updated to more precisely describe White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer's location late Tuesday night in the minutes before he briefed reporters. Spicer huddled with his staff among bushes near television sets on the White House grounds, not, quote, in the bushes, end quote, as the story originally stated. Remember how I just talked about how when this stuff happens, it completely like ramrods everyone's schedule. No one's doing the things they were really supposed to do. This is what Sean Spicer Imagine saying. Sean Spicer spending a day negotiating a preposition with the Washington Post. This is it's it's just a new level. And then after all that, after all that, 
Donald Trump gives an interview on Thursday, so we're now two days after he said that he fired Comey in response to concerns that came to him from DOJ officials. He gives an interview on Thursday saying, "Oh yeah, I was going to fire him no matter what." I've you know, <laughs> saying no, I, I've wanted to fire him from since day one. Day, since day one, that's right. what he told NBC's Lester Holt. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you know the narrative is kind of messed up here. White House. I mean, there's no narrative. It's, it's almost as if they're not really on top of this story. Uh, so which, let, let's get to, if session. Trump really did want to fire Comey from day one, and he really was just acting on this this personal vendetta against the FBI director, that's terrifying. We, we should mention that Donald Trump's campaign associates are the subject of an FBI investigation into whether they colluded with Russia to interfere with the 2016 elections and help Trump win. I thought that was fake news. <laughs> Depends who you ask. This is so – it's so ridiculous and so comical and yet potentially so criminal. That's a good summation of the past hundred like days. Like it's uh, – the absurdity of the situation, I, I think uh, – Kind of dilutes the gravity yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, there's like almost no. There's there. You're, you're, you have two alternatives. Someone did something really, really bad and illegal, and is trying to cover it up. Or someone's like, you know what? We haven't stepped on eight rakes lately. We should go out and find eight rakes and step on them. Get the rake in our face and like, oh, it'll be so funny, so fun for everybody. Oh, so you mean like, is is Donald Trump actually <laughs> a master strategist, and has he cleverly? laid these rakes across the White House lawn with their tines upturned uh, in, a, in, a, in a gambit to distract the media from what, what his real agenda. You know what? Sean Spicer was among the bushes. He, he'll he know where the rakes were laid. It's time for some game theory, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's always time for some game theory if we're talking about the very good band game theory. Okay. Um, <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Um, so – we're very sorry that this this topic consumed our entire show today. You know, we endeavored to not talk I'm, about. I'm not saying I'm fine with it. I you're mean, fine with you know, it. What's going you're on? Fine with it's it. Not, it's not a big deal, guys. We're giving you the real story of people. Yeah, yeah. There's other things happening in the world, but I, I want people to appreciate just how much the Donald Trump presidency is like being on the event horizon of a black hole where nothing else related to anything else can escape from. It's it's nuts right now in this city for a lot of different reasons. Jessica Schulberg, thanks for uh, thanks for doing such a good job of clarifying how nuts this was. Arthur, you, you helped. So congratulations. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, we'll be right back. So that's what happened this week. The podcast was produced, edited, and engineered by Zach Young. Our executive producer is Nick Offenberg. I'm Jason Lincolns. This week we are joined by former DOJ spokesman Matt Miller, as well as Huffington Post reporters Zach Carter, Arthur Delaney, Ryan Riley, Jessica Schulberg, and Sam Stein. So That Happened is available on iTunes at iTunes.com slash So That Happened. Check out the whole family of HuffPost podcasts in the iTunes store. While you're there, subscribe and tell your friends. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, send us an email at so that happened at HuffingtonPost.com. Thanks to all of you for listening, and we miss you already. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.